This is episode 19. In this episode, you'll meet Elizabeth Miranda. She's the creator of Postric, a modern-day panaderia and churreria. She's also the founder of Mercado Latinx. Learn her journey and stay tuned until the end for some cute little bloopers. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, bienvenidos. I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate, a podcast with conversations of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. Join me to hear stories from entrepreneurs of different cultures and identities. I believe consumers want to support businesses and organizations that they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. I know it does for me. Also, my daughter will join me once a month to talk about the kid entrepreneur perspective. So subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. So hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I'm here with a very special guest who came to visit me. Um, you want to introduce yourself? Sure, I'd love to. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Miranda, a.k.a. Lisa. Um, yeah, I am the owner of Postreek, and I'm here with Giselle. We just had some very delicious turkey tacos. Thank you for dinner. <laughs> now we're going to answer <laughs> some welcome. podcast stuff. Dinner with podcasts. Yes. Podcasts and dinner. Love it. So, well, first, I'm going to do my little icebreaker questions. Mm -hmm. Besides the turkey tacos you just ate, <laughs> what is your favorite food? <laughs> my favorite food? Food. Does dessert count as food? I like ice cream a lot. Like, I can eat ice cream any time of the year. Um, if we're talking about, like, food food, honestly, my favorite, like, dish that I will eat every day as well is called morisqueta. It's a dish from Michoacan in Mexico. It's, like, uh, white rice with frijol de, de la olla, or I guess some people use, like, molido or something. I don't know. Um, and then it's, like, a you can have the chorizo or costilla or you know, queso sauce, but it's like a tomato sauce. You do it with like grandma that and before. cheese. Oh, it's so good. And then you just like mix it all around yep. and you just It's eat probably it the ugliest, like the ugliest plate of food, but it's no, delicious. it's so good. It's so good. Because the sauce gets everywhere and mm -hmm. there's like arroz, frijoles, then the little costillas and the salsa, then you add the crema and yeah. It's good stuff. Should have made that. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Um, okay. What's your favorite color? My favorite color. Um, I feel like pastels in general. Um, I do a lot of pink. Um, yeah, I pastels. I like spring. The stores are gorgeous in spring because of all the pastel stuff. It's a good time to buy post-streaky post looking things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely have a pastel color palette for your brand. <laughs> What's the most recent book you've read? The most recent book I've read. I've started reading um, The Poet X, um, which I got from uh, Maceo from Booklandia mm -hmm. um, at Mercado Latinx this Saturday. So um, I went up to her. I was like, well, what do you recommend for me to read right now? Because I need something new. And I've started reading that. And it's a beautiful book. Like it's I definitely recommend that if you haven't read it already. So yeah, that's what I'm currently reading. What's it about? I never heard of it. Um, it's kind of like a high school-ish story. So my sale even said, she's like, I kind of had to walk away from it for a minute because it's like all the emotions are like a little overwhelming and stuff. But um, yeah, it's about um, 
a Latina who's, uh, it's kind of almost like short stories. Like when I first opened it, um, part of it is like a um, bunch of little poet is like what it, the first few pages kind of look like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of just, I'm in the first beginning, beginning station uh, stages. So I don't want to judge or give any impressions of the book yet, but read it. It's great <laughs> so far. <laughs> Um, if you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be? Ooh, that's hard. I don't know why the first person who jumped in my head was Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I think, I honestly, like, besides the fact that Jennifer Lopez just jumped in my head, I don't have people like that who I would like, oh my god, I need to meet you. I think more so just because I've began to meet so many people like on Instagram following like people I used to follow or like people that I now know so like that sense of you know I need to meet that person has kind of like I mean not gone away like in a bad way but it's almost like these people are human and you know it's not so much I need to meet them oh my god it's more so I want to know them more than anything does that make sense mm-hmm. so so it's interesting because my uh, my most recent episode um uh, Brenda from CBTV, she mm-hmm. also put, she also said J-Lo. <laughs> and I I would like to meet her as well, but I'm, I don't know, like, what I would say to her, <laughs> but I don't know. It's true. I guess I would just like to say thank you for making it visible in my life to make it Make me believe that it's possible for a Latina oh, from you're that anywhere. Fan. I would be that fan who's like, Jayla, I love you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so I totally funny. was like, had her CDs in high school mm-hmm. and listened to them. And I was even in the prom committee and I wanted the theme to be waiting for tonight, but nobody wanted it. And I was <gasps> Why like, did they not want that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, we should make like a dance and do that. Like, we should totally that would be so do. fun. I feel like people would come. Let's do that. A throwback high school, yes. da- a throwback dance. Perfect. I have, an, like... I have an outfit already. <laughs> That'd be cool. Waiting for tonight. JLo night. Oh my gosh, waiting for tonight. Love it. Okay, so what's the last song you listened to? Ooh, what was playing in the car? Um, what was playing in the car? Um, I think. The last song that I listened to is a song called Easy by Mac Ayers. Um, it's kind of like soul R&B type of thing, but it's a feel-good song. So yeah, that was the last thing I think that played in my car before I came in here. What? Um, tell us something that only a handful of people know about you and that you're willing to share. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I kind of feel like I'm an open book. I mean, not an open book, but I mean, I'm very, I don't know. I think I like to share myself with people. I don't think there's anything that most people would be like, oh, that's interesting. Well, I, actually, maybe I guess so first, like speaking podcasty-ish is people might, may not know my day job, although a lot of people obviously know that, but from like the, you know, Latino community, I work for um, a a company that does food trucks for Google. So like during the day when I'm not making like my post streak stuff or attending these events, I'm working on a food truck at Google campus in Mountain View. So yeah, I guess that's probably you a fun drive fact for some people. Too, I right? drive, you drive them. them. Yep. I drive a big old truck down that freeway. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How do you self identify? How do I self identify? 
Um, I will tell you what my Instagram says, and I told you this at the paint uh, night that we did. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, my Instagram says, I'm a Jesus-loving Latina Virgo with a savage attitude and a heart of gold, which is terrible, but also incredibly true. Like, I'm just like a Latina who, you know, we've got that feistiness, we all do. Um, but, you know, I definitely, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and so, yeah. Um, in short, though, I'm a Latina. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think says a lot in general. Uh, what does cultural identity, like the term cultural identity, mean mm-hmm. to you? Um, I th- think, like, when I think about cultural identity, I just think about, like, the way I grew up. Um, like, the, obviously, there's plenty of stereotypes yeah. for every culture. But, I mean, to each their own, we've all grown up even just slightly different. And, you know, we all kind of resonate with probably just certain things within the culture. Um, but I don't know, when I think of that, I kind of just think of, I don't know, growing up with, like, my family and the household, and, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. I do think that our culture is made up of our own experiences, Mm -hmm. and it's always changing. Um, okay, so now we're gonna shift a little bit and talk about your business, or businesses, or... (laughs) All the things that you do besides driving a food truck. <laughs> <laughs> the fun, fun stuff. So what do you sell? What is your product or service? Mm-hmm. And where do you sell them? Um, okay, so my company name is Post Streak. Um, I am a new generation of pan dulce and churrerias. Um, what does I, that mean, like, to you? Why, why is it important for you to say a new generation of um, panaderias? For me, I kind of started using that tagline because it's not necessarily what you would find walking into your traditional panaderia that you grew up going to or something it's not like um standard conchas or puerquitos or whatever your favorite pan dulces i've kind of just started doing uh, a new twist to these items um the most popular item being the concha cookie um Mm -hmm. and that is by far taken off into this giant crazy thing that I could I don't not know what have you ever sprinkle imagined. on them because they're addicting <laughs> oh my gosh um then that that's just but so keep sprinkling on it <laughs> go ahead keep doing exactly. it um so yeah I mean growing up pan dulce like concha was my favorite like I loved going on Saturday with like my tío or my dad in the morning to like pick up bread or whatever but concha was my favorite and so when I started kind of doing my business I've always had like the entrepreneurial spirit um I knew that I wanted to have a business and in my dad's family they're all very you know business savvy um but I wasn't sure myself um as a baker what I wanted to focus on and a lot of people asking like oh well what's your business like if you were if you were to have one I'm like I don't know so I kind of just started um I started making the concha cookies just as a fun experiment um and yeah my concept started off as um churros reimagined um I'm going to kind of rewind a little bit I was in a program called instructional um, it's a program where they teach you how to open and run your own food truck. So that's how Post Streak was developed. Um, and through that, um, I created Post Streak Churros Reimagined, which we did savory churros as well as sweet churros. 
Um, and that's from there. I really enjoyed the side of experimentation with the savory churro, but the dessert side has always been like my passion mm-hmm. um, to create pastries and things of the sort. So I kind of just started leaning more towards on the dessert, on the sweet side. Um, and that's where I kind of created the concha cookie and um, a few other new items are like, uh, I do like the puerquitos, but in a different shape. Um, I do like the nopal, which is part of my uh, brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and the I've started doing um, polvorones and I do like a little bit of orange zest and change up like the colors of the sprinkles and just like a little more custom than just going to the panaderia and picking up, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is they have for display. Um, so yeah, but slowly but surely, like the, the product line has began to grow. Um, I also have like um, the dulce de leche sauce is also very popular as well. Yes, I think my mom calls it the <laughs> devil sauce. I <laughs> because it's so good that she can eat the whole jar of it, <laughs> I, and that's bad. I still keep it. She's the best. Like she's a top seller. I think that I've sold dulce de leche <laughs> jar. Mom. Yes, your mom has the number one ranking for that for sure. Do, is she in your like rewards program or something? I, I, I told her I'm going to create one of those little stamp cards just for her and that sauce because she's she deserves it. Um, but yeah, and then also I've also launched um, Gomadre packs. Um, that it's been a fun new project. It's kind of just a little sampler oh, pack yes. of everything. I've seen those. Those are um, so Cute. Yeah, I've only done them twice so far, um, and each time I've done them, I've done maybe like ten to fifteen each time, and they just sell out so quickly. Like I'm what's, overwhelmed by what's in the popular. pack. It's a comadre pack. So the mm-hmm. idea is for you to buy it and go share with your comadre. The idea. Because I don't know I'm if I sure would share. Exactly. I don't know if I would share with my comadre. I mean, I love you, but um, these yeah, are my cookies. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, definitely like a sampler pack or like you know an indulge pack. Um, it's a concha cookie. It comes with a polvoron or a nopalito, depending on um, what I decide to, uh, you know, stuff in there. Um, I've also done, like, a swap out. Like, so if there's something in there they want to swap out, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's swap it out. Um, it also comes with a few servings of the hot chocolate mix, um, a small jar of the dulce de leche, and some stickers, and it comes in a cute little package. And, yeah, it's just kind of a fun little pack that people seem to enjoy that I, you know, need to make more of, apparently. Yeah, it's definitely cute. Mm-hmm. And where do you sell them right now? All of these items. All of the stuff. I'm a pop-up shop. Um, I also do catering um, and orders and pickups, deliveries, and all that. Um, but mostly pop-ups. Um, I do a lot of Mercado Latinx. I do a lot of Molcajeta Dominguero, as well as some other small pop-ups throughout the Bay Area. I haven't gone to Los Angeles yet, um, but I'm hoping to make my way out there this summer, probably with a launch uh, with a Concha Con this summer. So that'll be fun. Cool. Yeah. That sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. I saw that they announced the date, so I think. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. July 13th, I believe. Something like that, yeah. It's in my calendar. <laughs> um, you talked a little bit about how your business vision came about. Mm-hmm. But can you, can we talk a little bit about, well, there's two things I want to talk about. Sure. One is what, like, problem do you think that you're solving or what what need need or problem do you think you're solving by your by your business mm-hmm. by the products that you're that you're offering or the catering service that you're offering for your business and then the other thing is well maybe we should talk about it a little bit later but <laughs> this whole like goncha like movement <laughs> that's happening that's been happening for a couple years now mm-hmm. so 
Um, I wouldn't say that, I mean, my product line is kind of solving any problems, but it's adding something to, you know, all the events that people are taking these products to. Um, it's just kind of like, um, like you said, the concha movement has kind of began these last few years. And I think that definitely comes with the wave of, um, how much expansion the Latino culture or recognition we've gotten throughout the years. Um, recently and I think it's just kind of more so it's sparking a memory like you know bringing a concha cookie to like a party or something like that people are like oh these are so fun they're conchas and this and that and so I don't I, I mean I wouldn't say that they're like solving any type of problem but they're more so adding joy or something so that's how I feel I mean not having <laughs> enough joy is definitely a problem so yeah, yeah that is true <laughs> so that is true okay so um this whole this whole like concha movement that's been going on and really I've I've seen it on Instagram and not just on Instagram but it's now that like the image of the concha is not just about a baked good or mm-hmm. a piece of pan or you know or dessert and that represents something else it has a bigger meaning mm-hmm. at least what I've seen to a lot of people how does that how does that what what role do you and your concha cookies play in this whole concha movement um well i think it's just like you said it's definitely more than just you know pan dulce i think it does have to do with people are just attaching that to their childhood memory of you know what their culture was like and what that piece of pan what memory that piece of pan has sparked for them so i think that's one of the reasons like the concha has sparked so much it's just kind of like a memory that's giving them joy it's sparking joy (laughs) as they say. Yeah, for sure. It's something that definitely people people identify mm-hmm. it uh, identify with it and it brings it brings up good memories and but I I do think that it actually is going to turn into something bigger, something more. I mean, I but but I don't know. It's just been a couple years, and mm-hmm. there's like a campaign for a national Concha Day mm-hmm. now. And I, to me, it really is about. I think at the root of it, it's about community mm-hmm. and bringing people together. Yeah, and we're using the symbol of a Concha mm-hmm. <laughs> to do it, which I'm not mad at. I'm like, yay! <laughs> um, concha parties, yay! Yeah. But um, Concha parties, National Concha Day. Concha Con, all of it. Yeah, I mean, I do think that the bigger, mm-hmm. like, the big picture is we're bringing together a community of Latinas or women. I see mostly women are part of this, mm-hmm. um, uh, part of this group, part of this community. And they're mostly U.S.-born of Latin American descent, like their families are from some Latin American country, mm-hmm. mostly Mexico, but um, but I do see, yeah, people from Latin I American think, descent. I think it's just like a way to bring us together yeah, across across states, across, mm-hmm. you know. Love it. I'm all for this concha trend that's going on for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... It's good. I like it. it. I mean, my daughter has the Concha Power, Concha Power, um, like baseball cap, mm-hmm. and 
the other one uh, my other daughter has a little concha pin now mm -hmm. and it's just yeah it's fun it's you're putting a symbol to I guess your identity and your mm -hmm. culture too yeah in your in your industry you're a panaderia or a catering service um have you identified any other gaps in in that industry um no on the contrary i think like in that industry we almost i don't i don't even know how to word this um for example like i'll kind of reverse the question i started my brand and i was doing events uh where my product did not do well um because the events that I was doing, these people did not identify with or recognize what a concha was. Like, I would go to events and they'd see a concha cookie and they were like, what's a concha? And it's like having to like explain to them, like, you know, pan dulce and, you know, what kind of it means to me. I think it's like the exact opposite, actually. It's like uh, these events and all these people who are creating um, events and um, a space for these Latino entrepreneurs, um, we're for fulfilling a gap for ourselves, actually. Uh, my product needed somewhere where people would recognize what these products are and doing all of these uh, Latinx events are it's the perfect space for me and I think we're just filling a spot for ourselves and that's what I definitely love about doing all these pop-ups and it's just being around the people who understand uh, my culture and what I've grown up with and what I identify with and um, yeah I don't I mean so the gap is not really in the baking or bakery industry. It's mm -hmm. actually in the in the maybe more Latino centric events or Latino centric mm -hmm. spaces mm -hmm. for people who have a uniquely focused uh, business specifically to tie to Latino mm -hmm. Latinx culture. The, the gap is there. The gap is that there's not enough spaces for vendors like mm -hmm. you, you, your business, to s sell at. And that's why you created Mercado Latinx. Mm -hmm. Do you want, can you share with us what, yeah. how, like how, <laughs> so you identified a different gap in a different industry. I mean, it's mm -hmm. all tied together, but right. you de you identified definitely a problem there, right? The problem is, you don't have a place to sell your concha cookies mm -hmm. where you don't have to explain to people what a concha is. Mm -hmm. So can you like, can you share with us your process, your vision for that? Like, how did it go from like, I need a place to sell this to <laughs> here's a place to sell this. And now it's been almost a year now mm -hmm. of Mercado Latinx here in the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of how Mercado Latinx came to grow on its own, is that I realized I needed a space to do, um, to sell my product, where people, like I said, um, know what the concha is and know what my product is, um, and can kind of relate uh, or understand what it is I'm doing. Um, but um, there wasn't a mercado like that in the Bay Area yet. Um, obviously, there was Morcajete Dominguero in uh, SoCal, um, and they... Um, I mean, they're expanded out to San Francisco now, but um, when I launched my business, which was publicly around um, March of last year, uh, there wasn't a space for me to sell. And I came to know a lot of different entrepreneurs from uh, We All Grow Latina. Um, 
that were from the NorCal area, around the Bay Area, who had their own businesses and were in the same boat. They were driving to SoCal to do these events uh, where their product would do best, um, where they make, you know, the most sales and meet the people who understand their product. And I, myself, it wasn't going to be convenient for me to drive to LA to do these events because my company is a food company and to, you know, bake cookies the day, you know, super morning of or and head over to SoCal, it would have just been a time crunch that, you know, I wasn't, you know, yet willing to try. Um, so I got together um, with um, B of Miel Colores um, at We All Grow and we were kind of just chatting. It was like, yeah, um, you know, we need an event like that um, up in the Bay Area. Um, she was kind of like, she does design and work obviously, so I had asked her if she could do a logo. Um, I was in one of the workshops um, and they had said something along the lines of, because I was just talking to B about, um, about we needed some events to like this in the Bay Area. Um, and then I went to um, the workshop and they had mentioned if there's an idea that you have uh, make it happen uh, because it's likely that somebody is waiting for you to you know get that going so that they can do what they need to do or it's kind of just talking about the domino effect mm-hmm. um, that taking a step has yeah, yeah like right in that moment I like made an Instagram I think it was like Latinx Bay Area or something like that like um, and I sent uh, Beatriz a message through that Instagram. I was like, hey, it's Lisa. I made this account. Let's do an event. You know, can we sit down so you can jot down some ideas for a logo for me? And so we did after when we had a break, uh, she sat down just briefly and kind of just like we kind of just chat more about what we were speaking of like an hour before. Um, and yeah, and I kind of just started uh, putting out the word that we were going to do a mercado in um, Oakland. Um, I came in contact with Viviana of E14 in Oakland, and she um, allowed us to use her venue, which was the perfect size for the first one. Um, uh, although the crowd that first day, which was C- we launched on Cinco de Mayo of last year, it was incredibly packed, and everybody saw that, you know, what we were doing was good, yes, and it was I exciting. Yes, I and I went. And, and I went towards, like, the end, and mm-hmm. it was still, like, a lot of people. Yeah, it was... It was a super gratifying day that day like I will never forget that feeling of how happy everybody was to be vending in their own city and I think that was the thing too is because so many of those vendors are from the Bay Area they are able to have uh, their loved ones come and do these events it's like a lot of them said like my family has never come to an event that I've done before because I've only done events in SoCal so I think that was like a beautiful thing as well to have everybody like just there, super happy with their family and their friends and you know friends of friends who, you know, they told to come support these local Latinx vendors. Um, so, yeah. I, it's so cool to see the domino effect of mm-hmm. where you were sitting and whoever was the panelist that said that and sparked something in you mm-hmm. and then you did it and then ignited all these other people and they came and then they reached out to their communities and then Mm -hmm. they all came and yeah it definitely was a really really great Mm -hmm. it was great event it was great for the vendors it was great exposure it Mm -hmm. was I mean it's definitely been just beautiful is really the only word I can use to see this community grow here in NorCal now there's like so many different events that people can get involved with in this area and that's super great because a year ago we didn't have 
very many events to do. It was like, yeah, they yeah. had maybe like Viva Frida at the Mexican Heritage Center like and once a year. Just once a year and events. Then, exactly. Yeah. It was like, you know, very once in a blue moon events that these or, people there were. There are a lot of pop-ups around here and a lot of mm-hmm. events for vendors, but they're not Latinx-centered. Uh-huh, exactly. And it is really different. Mm-hmm. It is really, really different. Now, well, now there's like... Uh, Mercado's events in San Francisco, in mm-hmm. Modesto, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's events all over, and it's it's great. Like, it's people have choices, too. It's like if you want to want your brand to kind of expand and reach out to some people in San Francisco, there's a, there's a market there. If you want to go to the Central Valley, there's a market there. It's like, it's amazing to see how many events we have options for now, and that's what so the beautiful thing is. you've expanded. The mm-hmm. Mercado Latinx has now expanded to... Mercado Latinx 209, yes, which will be holding their first event at the end of March, right? March 31st. Uh, yeah, we'll be launching in Stockton. Um, I, myself, and uh, Las Amargadas have teamed up. Um, they are organizing um, Mercado Latinx 209. Um, so we're expanding out to the Central Valley. Uh, we know of a lot of vendors who are from the Central Valley, and so they kind of want an event that's a little closer to them. Um, and we So for the people who are not from the Bay Area mm-hmm. or not from over here, mm-hmm. Central Valley is about two hours east yep. from the Bay Area, from mm-hmm. San Francisco, Oakland area. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we're expanding out there, and uh, the girls are organizing that, and we're looking forward to... A good launch on the 31st and it should be okay. Yay. Yeah, it should be great. I'm excited. I'm excited. It will be great. It's just mm-hmm. getting out there is... It's not as bad as people in the Bay Area seem to think. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm... I go out to the Central Valley often. I grew up in Modesto, but I am from the Bay Area. Um, but, I mean, bring a friend with you in the car. Bring That's... some good music and you're there in a blink. <laughs> but, yeah. But one is, like, physically getting out there. Mm-hmm. And another is... Putting yourself out there, too, and putting your business and expanding and... As a vendor, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's all good. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about your... So you can you can answer whether it is um, Mercado Latinx or uh, Postric. Mm-hmm. How easy or how difficult was it for you to find what you needed to start your business or to start the Mercado? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think for post streak, the situation was definitely a lot different because I was in a incubator program. Um, so kind of finding my needs for the most part uh, was easier on that end. Um, once you I would l- just ask and they would provide it or. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the branding and stuff was all part of like um, the contract. So they had a, a designer who helped me do like the logo and all that. Um, and then I kind of got to menu test some items. But I again, I was doing a savory concept when I was in that program. So it was difficult for me once I, once I launched on my own uh, to find out answers about like the legal stuff and uh, things of the sort. Um, but on the side of Mercado Latinx, I mean, that was all completely new. I didn't know too many people who I could ask about this type of thing. Um, Viviana of E14 was an incredible help. You know, she's hosted events at her venue before, so she was helpful as far as, like, needs and things of the sort, and she's even been great as far as, like, uh, who to contact for what. Um, But I think, I mean, I had never organized an event like Mercado Latinx before, Um, so I think that that was definitely a challenge for me, but just the community around helped spread the word, and I think that's why 
Mercado Latinx has done so well is because everybody is very incredibly good about sharing the details. And when uh, we first launched um, Beatriz of Miercolores and Susana of uh, the designing chica they both like tagged so many people I remember it was like whoa what are these comments and it's like them tagging all these people and honestly I didn't know that there was that many of us in the Bay Area like I knew mm-hmm. um, once B and I were speaking together at uh, We All Grow how many like I think I saw a significant amount of us who were from the Bay Area <laughs> but I didn't realize how many of us are over here um, and I think that's definitely something that our community has seen this past year uh, with all the events that have been going on that there's so many vendors and even new ones popping up and, you know, starting their own business and, you know, they're joining. I mean, they've done Mercado Latinx as like their first Latinx event and I've had people express, you know, it's like my product is so well here and it's because, you know, people identify with what you're what you're putting out there. And I think it's just been super cool to see the community um, kind of just recognize that there is a community like before it's kind of just yeah there's latinos in the bay area but to see what a significant amount that is is insanely great it's isn't it interesting because i go to southern california a lot and i go out there and it's like okay there's latinos Mm -hmm. here for sure (laughs) like everywhere everything even like billboards everything Mm -hmm. is you know in spanish and things like that and here, um, here in the Bay Area, it's not so visible. Mm-hmm. But when there are events uh, like the Mercados or just any uh, any type of events that attract mm-hmm. Latinos, it's like, where do we all come from? <laughs> like, where, where were we hitting? Where are we the whole time? <laughs> right? It's just everybody comes out. It's. It's amazing, but it's it's also interesting mm-hmm. to see the, you know, how different it is from other areas. Yeah. So, um, in regards to running your business, mm-hmm. what's your favorite technological tool that you use? Instagram. <laughs> is that a technical technical? Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's just, obviously, it's been, like, the best way to put my business out there is, like, a friend sharing a photo of the cookie that they got at an event or a place an order for, and then that person, you know, starts following and shares, and that person starts following and shares, and it's been, like, organically growing, and I think that's, like, the funnest part for me is because I get to connect with the people who are behind the screens and are who are enjoying my product and I think that still gives me so much joy because a year from now like we mentioned that there was I didn't have like this relationship with uh the people I was um selling my product to so I think that's one of the things I most like to do is just be on Instagram and see these people who like the product and it's super fun so Instagram helps you connect with other Mm -hmm. uh, business owners and Mm -hmm. communicate to your customers exactly Hmm. I like Instagram too. <laughs> I'm like, Guilty you know how like the new phones have like, you've used this app for this amount oh, of time. Mine, I'm definitely. like, I have to set a limit on mine, but also I hit, <laughs> uh, like allow me to do 15 more minutes like several times because I'm on it for post streak. I'm on it for Mercado Latinx. I'm on it for myself. It's too much. I need yeah. To relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even my kids are like, mommy, can you get off your phone? I'm like, I'm working. <laughs> I'm literally working. Yep. Um, do you have a business idol? Like, is there a business that you follow that you really strive to be? Um, I wouldn't say that I strive to be, but I 
like can list the people I used to like fangirl over. Like one of the first, I remember one of the first uh, Instagram peoples that I used to, influencers, Instagram influencers I used to follow uh, was Alicia's Delicias. Um, Everybody knows her. her, everybody loves her. I love everything she does. Like her videos that she'll do, like the time lapse are so hypnotizing and I love it. But I remember she was like one of the first like uh, Instagrammers that I really culturally identified with. Um, and she had expressed to, um, like, in posts before, um, just several things, like, I connected with her with. And then she used to do workshops. Uh, I'm not sure if she still does, but she used to do a workshop um, at uh, Arte Alexia in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So I told my friend once I saw she was doing a class, and I was like, we're going to this class. We're going to wake up. We're going to drive to San Diego and do this class. So I remember I, we went to San Diego. We went to the workshop to learn how to do these pan dulce cookies so we're sitting there doing our cookies and alicia's uh, like walking around mm-hmm. doing all like you know checking everyone's art uh, or everyone's workout and you know chatting with them and we had got there late and i was so embarrassed i like sent an email and like a phone call saying i was going to be late even though like it wasn't that big a deal but um we were sitting there me and my friend doing our cookies and alicia comes up and she's like are you that churro girl and i was like me how do you know me i was like i literally was so like embarrassed but also super excited because she was speaking to me um and she was like one of my first connections and she was like become like a super you know good confidant and a great friend and it's just kind of been snowballing into all these different latinas people like latina influencers that i've met and uh it's just super great to see like the support we all have for each other and like we're all fangirling for each other and it's hilarious because we're like most a lot of us are friends it's like we hang out outside of these events and you know you'll see if a vendor is commenting on other vendors uh you know instagram posts and Mm -hmm. encouraging each other and it's just it's yeah that's cool yeah i met her at artalexia a couple Mm -hmm. years ago in the summer this summer will be like two years mm-hmm. and it was fun and my kids and we had we had viva pops and <laughs> we bought stuff there and my daughter's uh she tried the um, sal de gusano mm-hmm. <laughs> so i cute. love that place it's super cute i haven't gone to like the new one i think they have a north park i think oh uh, yeah that's the one that i went to mm-hmm. that's the new new one right or is that the old one i don't remember yeah that's the yeah, that's the one it's that gorgeous. I went to. Is like more like a shop. I think mm-hmm. the first one is more of like a crafting place, mm-hmm. like a workshop space. place. Yeah, yeah. A workshop. Yeah, yeah. So, if you could have done something different, what would I have been? Um, I don't know that I would do anything different. I think it's all you know. For me, it's kind of like phase fate, and what's gonna happen is gonna happen. You know. So I think it was meant for me to branch out post streak when I did it was meant for me to not do well in certain events so that I can do Mercado Latinx and I don't know I don't, I don't regret any of the all the steps of the way have been great ones great learning experiences for the least so I just least. remembered like the first time we met mm-hmm. you sent me a message <laughs> and I was like Yay, somebody actually looks at my posts. <laughs> um, and then we met mm-hmm. and we talked about your business plan because you were in your incubator program. Mm-hmm. And you had questions about your business plan. And you're like, you basically, from what from what I remember, you basically uh-huh. said, they're telling me to do this pitch, but I don't really want to do it. Mm-hmm. I want to do my own thing. And I was like, 
Do what you do want, girl. You do boo. Yeah. <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> do you um, it's just so interesting how sometimes people or we we get pressured like as business owners. Mm-hmm. We see other businesses or we're we find somehow we find information that says you have to do it this way, you're supposed to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And that's like one thing, like as a business strategist, if I were to tell anybody anything, is like you have to do what works for you and your business at that time. Right. You I can't agree. you can't do anything else different because then you're just you're it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. You have to do whatever's gonna work at that time. Mm-hmm. I think one thing too that I've learned along the way is like the compares like the comparing yourself against anybody else is also a big setback. Um I think for myself I've seen a lot of brands who, you know, have seen a certain thing as a fad, so they'll create something that's similar. Where it's like if you kind of just concentrate on finding something that kind of more identifies with what you want your brand to be. I don't know if this makes sense, but it's kind of just no, like it definitely makes sense. Like there has to be a strong connection mm-hmm. with you and your product or service or exactly. or your mission. Mm-hmm. Like exactly, your your yeah. mission has to come from you. Um it is 100%, 150% important to listen to your customers and mm-hmm. listen to what they want, but that's only after you're following your mission. One of my biggest things is like you have to listen to your customers because your customers are the ones that are going to be buying stuff. And if if they're telling you we don't like this, they're not going to buy it, then stop selling it. Mm-hmm. But you you can't – you have to follow your mission with keeping your customers in, in mind. Exactly. But, but if you're not doing something that that has a connection with you and your life or brings you passion, it's so not going to be worth it in the end. I think that also like will almost set back you like what you have in store for yourself is like, if you're just trying to make what's going to sell, that's, I mean, it was like you said, you got to just follow your vision. It's like, eventually you'll get to what you're supposed to be doing. So yeah. If you're just focused on selling and selling and selling, then what's the bigger picture like what Mm -hmm. are you what's your what's your purpose and I really have it every business I talk to every business owner um it just reaffirms that there has to be some sort of purpose or passion with what you do and if you're not passionate about it like your business will tell you because it won't be successful it'll show yeah I've totally noticed that and other people have also said that too. They're like, well, I wanted to do this. Or I wanted to go in this direction. But then I noticed that this was a lot better. Like this was a better fit for me. I had more fun doing this way or, or you know, or people liked it more. Okay. But yeah, for sure. I think that there's also some element of freedom mm-hmm. that comes with doing what makes you happy. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely, I mean, it gives a lot more joy that way. Just it, when you take the pressure away of, you know, obviously as as a brand, you want to see financial success. But for me, it's like I can have events where I don't do as well. And it's just being in 
the community itself makes up for that. <laughs> if that makes sense. So I actually, okay, so this brings to mind, um, I created a, bus- a survey for small business owners and um, I have the results and I have the report almost ready to share with everyone. And one of the questions that I asked in the small business survey was, what is your favorite thing to do for your business? Or it was something like that. Like, what was what's your favorite part? Or what's your favorite thing to do for your business? And the one that got the most answers, like the, the highest um, percentage, mm-hmm. was connecting with their customers like it wasn't even making money it was mm-hmm. <laughs> connecting with your yeah. customers and honestly it's my favorite part i can do events and just like i come i like i could be in a funk for like a month long and just so in my head and then i do one of these events and i come out so rejuvenated it's amazing yeah so can you share some advice for anyone with a culturally specific business or idea? I mean, you've already shared great advice mm-hmm. about running a business and the domino effect of just do it. If you have an idea, just go do it. Um, I mean, my advice would just be uh, just wait till that's something that brings you so much passion and joy comes. Like, don't push it. You know, just kind of wait for that item that's just like, yes, I love this item. You know, and because you love it, that'll resonate with who you want, you know, to see your product. It's, I don't know, it's kind of just about... It's magnetic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like attracts like. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you had no constraints, would you start another business? And what would it be? No constraints at all. I would I would do another business. I would love to have like a, um, like a shop or something. Obviously a post street shop as well. But I think more so I think about like Arte Alexia, how they have like a workshop space and stuff like that, and um, or even like how E14 had a space, um, or has a space. Excuse me. Um, it's just like for me, I just think about I'd like a spot for people to be able to come on the daily and hang out and stuff like that. So. Or I think about, too, um, Orcheteria in mm-hmm. the SoCal area, how they have, like, their food side. And then they have, like, this small little corner, like, this wall where it's, like, people, other different brands' items on there. I think that's super fun. That's I think that's more so, like, what I imagine. Just, like, a space. I don't know. Yeah. I think it'd be fun. So, like, something, like, if post, like if a postrique... Postrique brick and mortar, for sure. If, if like... Postrik and Orchateria and Artalexia all had a baby. <laughs> exactly. Postrik, uh, yeah, Postrik, brick and mortar with a, I don't know, Mercado Latinx wall or something. That'd be cool. So. That definitely would be cool. Yeah. So when is that opening? <laughs> Let's put it into existence for, what, what year are we in? Uh, 2019? Let's like, March five, year, five year goal. Yes, exactly. All right, people. 2024. There you go. Grand opening. <laughs> RSCP Facebook event. <laughs> so, technically, you do have constraints and you want to do it anyway. So, yeah, that's true. Right? So. so, where can people find you in the virtual internet's world? In the, in the internet's, internet's world? <laughs> On the onlines? 
Um, we, well, Mercado Latinx um, is on Instagram as Mercado Latinx. And so is Post Streak. We are on there as Post Streak. Uh, we are also on Facebook. Um, both of them are. And yeah, we're all over the place. So we're on the internet for sure. So <laughs> look us up and you'll find us. Uh, Mercado Latinx uh, 209 is also on there as well. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for everything that you're doing and everything that you've everything that you've initiated. I don't know if you realize like how much you've actually been the driver. Like it's interesting that your day job, you drive food trucks. <laughs> but seriously, in Postric and with Mercado Latinx, you definitely are in the driver's seat, like <laughs> driving. <laughs> All these other businesses are on the ride along with you. Mm-hmm. And the domino effect. There it is again. <laughs> yeah. <Love it. laughs> So I am very, very happy to know you and very proud to call you my friend. Yes. And also so excited that you make your concha cookies. Cause <laughs> it's definitely. It's, it's still shocking to me how crazy that concha cookie is. Like, I can never make enough at these events. And I'm super grateful that I am, you know, in a community where people appreciate another product. So it's great to it's great to be here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a time to be alive, folks. Yeah. So do you have a website? Um, I do. Um, it'll be poststreak.com soon, but it's on a Wix website right now. The link's in our bio on the uh, Instagram or the Facebook. Um, yeah. So if people want to order... Okay, so I had experience with this. I mm-hmm. ordered concha cookies for my daughter's birthday party. Mm-hmm. I sent you a DM on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But That's- then also my cousin, she ordered from you and I don't know if she filled out a form you have a form like an order form on your website too right yeah um so the website will actually link you to an Etsy shop that we have um I found that's been like the best way to get all the information um I need like the details that I need for like one check cookie orders and things of the sort mm-hmm. um so I always recommend if you're in the Bay Area and you want to place an order or the Central Valley and you want to place an order um just send me a DM um that way you don't have to um the like delivery fee is likely cheaper than the shipping fee also they're uh, a lot fresher if you're ordering through um through dm um, because i can usually deliver myself or one of my sweet sweet cousins will deliver for me as well Um, but if you're in the socal area or elsewhere uh, we do ship um, the concha cookies we've started uh, shipping the polvorones as well as well as the dulce de leche sauce so a few more items will be on there as well um but uh if you're local shoot me a dm (laughs) i think that's easiest so i don't know if people really understand this yeah people you can get concha cookies at mercado latinx Mm -hmm. at molcajete dominguero Mm -hmm. at other local mercado and Mm -hmm. vendor event pop-ups you can get them shipped to your house you can get them delivered to your (laughs) house you can get them delivered to your house if you're in the bay area Mm -hmm. for yourself or for birthday parties um so I think get the, your goncha <laughs> cookie on people. <laughs> yeah, I think the fun part too is like people like to customize them. Like the most popular that we do is the unicorn chest. So it's, so it's like, um, like it has pastel pink, pastel purple, pastel like mint mm-hmm. color. Um, that's like the most popular uh, one. But I mean, people have customized them for like weddings and different events and birthday parties. Or I can change the size slightly so it's like more for like a Hispanic dessert table or something like that. That's been super fun. You also made so. like a Christmas theme one with the little I did. Christmas tree. I made a Christmas tree one. That was, that was super cute. fun. For seasons. Um, yeah, that was cute. And um, 
you had one that I think that you should sell more or talk about more. <laughs> the caramel one with a little bit of coffee. Ah, caramel one, yeah. So <laughs> I was talking to my cousin about that. She's like, what? I didn't see the option. Where's that one? I want to taste <laughs> that one. So I think I forget, like, uh, that people really like the flavor ones. Like, I have, I've done the... Um, Chocolate con cafe. I've done the the chocolate con cafe and the caramel one. I do just the caramel one. And I think I forget that people really like the flavored ones, and I that's something like I'm definitely gonna start I'll doing more. You. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think coming up like in the spring, we're gonna have like a strawberry topping one. So that'll be a fun thing. It'll be like the pink, the classic pink concha, but with a little bit of flavor. Why not? Oh my god! <laughs> so. I just envisioned a strawberry concha cookie and uh amargadas strawberry lemonade Ooh, we were just talking about how are we gonna collab so pitch all the ideas folks oh my god if you want it you got it Whoa. i'll send you a message <laughs> <laughs> i'm like can i request this please <laughs> well they also sell hot horchatas mm-hmm. so a hot horchata with your caramel coffee cookie yeah that'd be delicious Winter's almost oh done. We're, we're trying to be in the summer mood. <laughs> we're done with this cold Bay Area weather. Oh, yeah. But you know it's around here all year round. But yep. But still. Anyway, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having all me. All the way over here to my house. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And having dinner with me. Yeah. And I can't wait for Mercado Latinx one year anniversary birthday celebration yes. very soon one year birthday probably at jack london square it's gonna be the big guy so yeah it'll be super fun Stay in, may. in may yeah. yeah okay well thank you so much thank you giselle for having me <laughs> ready okay so it's recording that's what were you a cheerleader I used to no say that. we i used to say that when i was a cheerleader i've seen people at my school do it that's why i say <laughs> ready okay people always ask me that i'm not a cheerleader nope <laughs> no i was an ff well the ffa and a floral team i used to like make floral arrangements and judge flowers in high school i've never heard of that in my life what <laughs> it's a thing <laughs> i've never heard of that have in my you life. seen the movie napoleon dynamite Yes. Okay, there's the scene where he's, like, judging cows and stuff. Yes. That's what FFA is. It's, like, Future Farmers of America, so it's, like, very oh, agricultural. Okay, okay. But there's the category where it's, like, flor- floriculture, and that's what I did. I did flowers. Hence, post streaks, floral everywhere. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay. <laughs> that's definitely going in the bloopers for sure. <laughs> Educational about future farmers of America. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.